Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's another Friday. That means it's another podcast day. Welcome, everyone. This is episode number 170 as we are inching closer and closer to that 200 milestone of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So if you are new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds. We're about killing the excuses and doing what it takes to get you to your goal. So if you find yourself stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. If you feel like this might not be the show for you, stick around anyway, because I guarantee you we're going to change your mind. If you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Like the video. If you're joining me on Facebook, please like and share. Don't keep this good information to yourself. And if you have no clue who the hell I am, here's an introduction. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. Starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. And that's me. All right, so for today's teachable moment, we are into the holiday season. I mean, it's all about gratitude, it's all about giving, and it's all about weight gain. About 70% of people gain 8 to 12 pounds over the holiday season. And don't come at me with the fat shaming stuff. This is about health. It has nothing to do with looks. Talking about people getting healthy, staying healthy. And this doesn't have to be you. You don't have to be in that 70%. You could be in the 30% and still enjoy all of the things that you enjoy. Like me, I like pumpkin pie. I like turkey. I like mama's stuffing. I like the Christmas lasagna. I like all of that stuff. But you have to be smart about it. Making sure you're getting in plenty of water. Making sure you're getting three to five days in of exercise. And you don't have to be staying in the gym an hour and a half. If you get 20 minutes, do 20. If you got 10 minutes, just make it a mean 10 minutes. But just keep yourself moving. Get 10,000 steps a day. 
take a minute, get outside, breathe in some fresh air, and then eat what you enjoy in moderation. It's that simple. You, you don't have to go through this roller coaster that so many people go through. And then they come January, I'm going to go full force. I'm going to change all of my ways. You overwhelm yourself. You try to do too much too soon. You end up falling off the wagon by January 18th. And then the process starts all over again. So if you need help with that, reach out. There's people who can help you. You have myself and you have my guest, who is also a fitness professional. And we're going to have this conversation today. We're going to be talking about helping women. But, you know, the principles that we're going to share can help everyone. You know, so if you find that you do this every single year, tune into this show because we're talking directly to you. So helping me have this conversation is Charlene Stiles. So let's bring her in and get to know her a little bit better. Good morning, Charlene. Good morning to you, Robert. All right. Where are you joining us from? I am in uh, in Ontario, in Canada. Ontario, another in, uh, Canadian. Wine, in wine country, actually, wine. in Niagara. Yeah. You're my third Canadian in the last three episodes. Is that right? Yeah. You're well heading done. off to the Great White North. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's some good people here. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, everyone that I've had on this show has been has been, been amazing. But but yeah, I'm getting more from uh, north of the border. All right, good stuff. Awesome. That's great. Is it winter over there yet? No, it's actually quite balmy uh, today. Right. It's probably around 14 degrees or so, and uh, our our season has been a little extended. I don't know where where are you located? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just say 14 degrees is balmy? Okay, so we're in, we're, we're in Celsius. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I was about to say. Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's a different level of crazy. Okay, so let me let me do the math. 28. Uh, yeah, so it's it's almost 60 degrees. Okay. Okay, okay. so not so bad. I was about to say 14. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Rhode Island, so so we get a, we get our share of of uh, winter winter fun here as well. Yeah, we still have um, we still have leaves on our trees, which is uh, a little longer than usual, actually. So we're we're I don't know a few weeks behind, I guess you would say. Gotcha. Are you originally yeah. from Canada? I am. Yes, born and raised here. Yes, okay. although I am a uh, um, a traveler of the world, or used to okay. be much more so than <laughs> than than right now. But yeah, nice. Where, yeah. where have you traveled to? Um. I, there's many places I haven't traveled to, but um, there's also a plethora of where I have been. So um, I haven't visited all of your United States yet. That's still on my bucket list. Yeah. Um, but many of the states, um, Europe, many different countries in Europe, and then to the south. But I haven't made it um, like, well, Bali, I guess, is the furthest, um, like Indonesia. Okay. But I haven't made it to Australia or New Zealand or anything like that yet. But um, yeah. yeah, there's still time. What's your favorite? That's a great question. You know, there's a really, um, I have a soft spot in my heart for the West Coast of Canada. It's a place that I keep returning to over and over and over again. Um, yeah, there's a piece of my heart there. Uh, I don't know if you've, I, I, I don't know how similar it is to the West Coast of the United States, but um, mm -hmm. uh, where I like to travel in, in the West Coast is um, there's a lot of mountains ocean and a lot of forest. So those are the elements that kind of ground me and keep me connected and where everything makes mm -hmm. sense. So, um, yeah, that I sounds like California. Does it? <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. I've never been to California and I, I envision California with a beach. Like that's how I envision. California. Yeah, it's got, it's got all that too. Like you, you can be, you can be at the beach, you can drive a couple hours and go skiing. 
Awesome. <laughs> so like, yeah, it is. Bed, everything. Okay, so that is like the west coast of Canada. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I, there's, there's so many beautiful places in the world that all bring special different elements and, um, like, have enriched my life and my experience and learning about the culture and, and the geographic location. But the West Coast is just, um, like I said, it just kind of, I keep gravitating back, back yeah. to there. So yeah. where, where did your, your love of travel come from? That's a good question. All I ask are good questions, Charlene. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Where did that come from? You know, I, I suppose um, I've always been a bit of, of an adventurer. So I think um, I think that's where, where it's come from. Um, and truth be told, my mom and dad split when I was very young. And he ended up, my dad, uh, at, when I was five, out on the West Coast. So I would go out there and visit him. So I guess, you know, independently traveling to go like being put on a plane to go visit him when I was really young um, and then only child. So I guess maybe that's where the form uh, or the foundation was formed that it's, it's okay to be <laughs> on your own and traveling. And, yeah. and I still do that actually. I do. Um, it, and very interestingly enough, I don't know, do you, do you like to travel too, Robert? I, I do. Um, yeah. I've only traveled within the United States because I told myself I'm not going to leave the country until I see all 50 states. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah okay. of, of, of course, the last 18 months put a monkey wrench in that plan because I was supposed to, 2020, I was supposed to hit Montana, supposed to hit Hawaii and Alaska and uh, Oregon and Washington on the West Coast and, and then kind of wrap it up between 21 and 22. But monkey wrench you know so a little delay a little delay <laughs> that's, that's a little one yeah <laughs> we'll get there though but what, but yeah what, i love what, seeing new places yeah you know and for me it's an education when uh when when i travel um you know just learning different ways of life uh different importances and priorities and uh yeah it's a bit of a history lesson for me too but i would wholeheartedly um after experiencing it a, a bunch myself is i would highly encourage anybody listening um if you haven't done so already to travel at some point alone um i i don't know do you travel alone robert i sure do yeah um and I think there's so many gifts that we can give ourselves by doing that, by traveling independently and not having someone else to rely on or uh, to do the work for us and get us out of sticky situations or explore. You just see the world differently, I think, and you see people differently when um, when you're on your own. And I think you have compassion for solo travelers when you are traveling with, or <laughs> when you are in a group of, of people. Um, yeah. See, I, I think when you travel alone, see, and, and um. I'm bringing this up because it ties into health and wellness. But uh, with the travel, I found in traveling alone that you see things that you probably wouldn't see with other people. Yes. You know, whether you're in, engaged in conversation or just w whatever it is. But when I go solo, I see everything I want to see. Because like you, I'm also adventurous and I have a very abstract mind. So I don't travel with, with an itinerary or anything. Like I went to, I went to North Carolina this past April for four days and didn't know where I was going. Like I knew where I was staying, but I didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do. I walked into the hotel and you know how they have the little touristy pamphlets there in the, the foyer of the hotel. And I saw a zip lining. I was like, I love zip lining. <laughs> so, so I grabbed it, signed up. And then the guy at the desk was like, have you ever been to Chip Chimney Rock? I'm like, no, but it sounds like I, I should go. Like, what, what is it? So I looked it up and I spent the entire day at Chimney Rock State Park. It was just amazing. You know, like, and I would not have known 
any of that stuff was there. Right. You know? So when you go solo, as you stop and you look around, it's like, wow, like the world really is amazing. It is. And I love traveling like that too. And just getting led to different places by talking to people and locals Yes. Um, without having a plan. I feel like it's almost not like the amazing race, but it's like a clue everywhere you go, someone leads you mm -hmm. to the next place and you go there and then that someone there leads you to the next place. And it's, yes. uh, it's just something that cannot be orchestrated in advance. And, um, you know, I know, I know other people um, that have this very clear, you know, kind of, I call it destination disease, where, you know, you've got to like, just get there, get in the car and drive and just end up there at a certain time. And it's all mapped out exactly. Um, yeah. That's not how I roll personally. I'm much more organic in that way. Yep. But I, I find really that there is gems there when you give it the space to, to explore without any um, expectation. Yes. Or preconceived uh, destination. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, years ago, this is 1995, I believe. I went with a couple of friends. We, we took a road trip from Rhode Island down to down to Miami. And we were supposed to spend two days in Miami, five days in Orlando. We ended up spending five days in Miami and two days in Orlando. Because we, when we got down there, there was just so much to, to see and do. I, mean, yeah. I was what? I was 21 at the time, I want to say. And, and I wasn't even drinking then. So it's not, not even like we were, you know, bar hopping or anything, but there was just so much to see and do down there. And like, I don't like being bound by itineraries, but, but I know there are people that need that type yes. of structure. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not downplaying it. That's just not how, how I roll. I'm like you, I, I want to just show up and just see what each day brings. Yeah. And that's why for me, cruising is like a, a jail. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've done it a number of times and it's just not for me. Mm -hmm, <laughs> predetermined predetermined uh, itinerary, where you got to eat, when you got to eat. Oh man, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I was like, you know, if I take a cruise, say to, to the Bahamas and or like Caribbean islands, you only get so much time on the island, you know? And it's like, what if, what if I'm not done? Like, what if I don't want to get back on the boat? <laughs> exactly. it's like, I, I want to see that over there. I want to climb that mountain. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, so, Free spirits. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. So, so what did you see yourself doing as a child? Like, did you see yourself doing what you're doing now? Or, or were you planning on going another completely different direction? Absolutely not. Um, you know, I... A number of years ago, I, uh, I stumbled upon like this old memory box and I, I had this this old like record keeping from uh, from kindergarten all through every every grade and then into post-secondary education. And I started reading what I was writing. Um, I haven't seen that thing for years, but um, as a child, what you know, what you think you're going to be doing. And there was all kinds of interesting things. And some of that actually still holds true today. But um artist was a big one and for the longest time um I wanted to be a dentist oh. and uh yeah really interesting so I, I remember that day exactly I went into the dentist's office I was still in high school and I was trying to improve my science marks by taking different courses and correspondence courses and night school courses to improve my science marks to get into uh into university <laughs> for a dentist and I went to the dentist one day <laughs> as a teenager and uh I was like wow 
for the rest of my life looking at people's mouths like uh well okay that <laughs> i never really thought about it like it just seemed like a a, a novel and noble thing to do is to yeah. be a dentist um but mm -hmm. i really i didn't have any clear other like once the dentist path was uh the door was closed for me from that experience of going <laughs> to the dentist i didn't know i didn't know what i wanted to do to be quite honest i was um Yes. So organically, I've just kind of um, made my way here into this into this realm of natural health and wellness. I was a financial advisor for most of my adult life. I started off working in a bank as a teller and then um, got more interested into the end of uh, into investments. And uh, I did it all in terms of, you know, lending and mortgages and all of that kind of things yeah. and, and managing people. But uh, investments really kind of captivated me. So I went down that went down that path for uh, much of my adult life and uh, lived a very imbalanced life. Um, I, and not to say Wait, that. It was, sorry, hold on. Pause yeah. right there. Imbalanced life. Let's, di let's dissect that. So, oh, what, okay. so what, what did that look like? Well, for me, it was, um, I was an independent advisor, uh, a woman in a very male dominated industry back in the day. Yeah. So, um, imbalanced in that sense of my energy and it, being able to swim in those waters. I call it swimming with the sharks. Uh, so, but not being a shark. So, but not, uh, and trying to avoid being eaten by those sharks <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and also stand out. So I think the energetically, like there was a total misalignment in terms of, you know, who I was as a person, as a, as a female, a kind, caring, compassionate, and not to say that men aren't, but um, in that in that world of very um, hustle culture and very mm -hmm. competitive and driven. Um, it's just not aligned with me. Yeah. Um, however, you know, in order to be successful in, in a sales role, and that's really what, what you're doing, um, there is some competition and some grind that needs to happen. So I was totally misaligned um, mm -hmm. energetically, spiritually, physically. Um, but I pursued and I would say, you know, from the outside looking in, people would say I was successful in the sense of, you know, the number of clients that I had, the income that I had, the, the house that I lived in, the car that I drive, drove. Um, but my relationships, uh, and particularly the re relationship with myself was totally off kilter. So of course, from that being not stable any other relationships that i had were were also really not truth i wasn't being true with myself and trying to fit into this mold um that wasn't um it wasn't conducive to my my well-being all right let overall. me let me pause you right there i'm gonna i wrote down trying to fit in this mold so you can pick back up from there i just wanted to pause there because what you just said is the exact reason why I do this show. Because there's so many people that look the part to the external eye, but internally they're just slowly dying. Yeah. You know? And and I, I hate I hate to say it that way, but it's it's fact. And I was there myself, and you and 160 other people <laughs> have have shared that that same story. And I think it's very important to just reiterate to, to the audience that. It doesn't matter what the outside eye thinks about you. It matters what you think about you. Yes. Like that's what matters. And and that's why I have no problem sitting up here in a in a tank top. Like I've said it before on this show, I've had business coaches and they, they were like, if you want to be taken seriously in this podcast space, you know, you gotta dress more professionally and you gotta like, um, I'm me. I'm an athlete, 
I'm a competitor and I own a gym. <laughs> so, like I am being as authentic as I can possibly be. And so for me to get up here wearing a, a tie and a, and a button down shirt, like that's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. When I worked in corporate America 20 years ago, yes. I said, so I'm going to get up on this platform as myself and do what I can to make this channel grow. You know, we're, awesome. being, we're being heard in 30 different countries. Cool. And, I, and I've had guests from six different continents. You know what I mean? So it's like there are much bigger names out there than, than me that are still looking for guests for next week. I'm booking into the end of April of 2022, three shows a week. You know, wow. and, and that's all solo. Like, I don't have an assistant or anything. Like, I'm doing all this myself. You know, awesome. so, so it's like just the moral of that story is that you have to go after what you want on your standards, on your terms, according to your values. Yeah, that's when people are going to find true happiness. Yes, yes, <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Sorry, my, my motivational speaker side kicked in. There. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. So so let's get back back to you. You were talking about you were trying to fit into this mold. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I, I don't think exactly like you, I don't think we're born to fit in. I think we're born to stand out. And um, my... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me stop you again. Because <laughs> this is, because what, what you just said, this is actually, because I meant to do this at the beginning of the show and I forgot, is this is actually a quote from a book I'm writing. It says, you weren't born to simply exist and then die. Each one of us were born with a unique skill set, with a unique perspective on life. And without interference from others, we would naturally become who we were meant to be. Love it. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, so, it's so true. So many times we get thrust off the path from other people. You know, if we were just left with our thoughts and our goals and our dreams and just to, to, let, them, to let it fester, people would naturally be who, who they were supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know, I, I am still learning this lesson and um, I've been out of that industry for 11 years now um, and into natural health, but I still sometimes, and I've, I've caught myself lately. And I think, you know, part of the, part of the reason is um, the situation that we have right now globally um, Mm -hmm. in the last almost two years now. Um, But what I have found for myself and I, I, I'm tuning in more and more, more authentically is that I'm spending a lot of time in my head. Yes. And when, when you do that, I think there's so much noise up there and you can very easily get swept into the current of trying to do what you think is right or what should be done and trying to figure out the the issue logically rather than if you drop into your heart and check in with that and let the heart lead rather than the head. And of course the head comes along for the ride. Um, but you know, when, when they work synergistically, the heart and the mind, the mind can actually help you execute the things that the heart really loves. And from that place of coming from your heart space, like, wow, what a difference, right? The energy that you, that you step into, um, the joy that is derived from satisfying and fulfilling the heart space um, is, is unrecognizable. Like you, you cannot logically get there. Uh, You need to feel your way through it. So anyhow, I know that's a little sidebar, but. Uh, It's right. See, see, but you don't even, you you probably don't even realize the gem that you just dropped in there in that paragraph. No. Where where (laughs) you said your head can help you execute what the heart loves. That's, that's, that's a powerful statement. I wrote that baby down 
Thank you. I might have. I might have to coin that. <laughs> no, no, it's funny. Like when I go back and I listen to, to these shows, there were so many things that I. I'm not saying not just just me, but the guests too. But there were just so many things that you say that you don't even realize until after. It's like, oh, that was good. <laughs> like that was a good one right there. Yeah. <laughs> like because like we were talking, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. But like, but like you said that, I was like, oh, that's a good. Like I got to keep that one. Well, because... I love that you are so aware because that you're right. Those those moments can often go unnoticed. So thank you. Thank well, you. I'm I'm a storytelling coach, so like I, I listen very well to what people say. Nice. And um, but I love that I love that that you said that because it's so true. Because people want to follow the heart, but the head is wired for safety and protection. So like you know when the heart's like, hey, what's over here? You know, and so it could be a new venture. You know, is that new venture gonna gonna require money? Is it gonna require more time? Is it gonna require time away from the kids? That's all the stuff that the brain's telling you. Where yeah. the heart is like, we can make an impact here. Yes. You know, just like regardless of what that impact might might be. Said so it could be a book, it could be a new business, it could be changing careers or accepting a a, a promotion or relocating. You know, you know, there's so many different things that go into it. But what I always tell people, regardless of what you, you believe in, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, whether it's the law of attraction, doesn't matter because it all leads to the same place. Like mm -hmm. when, once you open yourself up to something bigger than you, doors open, yeah. doors open. Because like people know my story, how I, I started my gym completely by accident, <laughs> right? It was something that I was doing in my garage just for me. I invited a person who invited someone who invited more, who invited more. And then next thing you know, I have, have 40 people training out of my garage, you know? Fantastic. And so I had no savings. I had bad credit. Like there's no way I could have been alone if I wanted to, but doors opened, like doors just opened. So my kids were taking karate and, and I would just happen to be talking to someone else as the, the, the head, the head, uh, what do they call him? The master of, of the dojo happened to be walking by and he's like, you want to trade train here? I was like, <laughs> uh, how? I was like, I just told you, like, I, like, I don't have money to put down. And he's like, no, he's like, we can do it as a percentage of sales. I was like, I never thought of that. <laughs> that <works? laughs> like, like, that's a great idea. But, but, but just, just from speaking it out into the world, a door opened instantly. Yeah. You know, and so so that's what happens when you follow your heart, you know, to what you were saying, you know, tell the head to settle down for a minute and mm -hmm. see, see what's what see what's available. Then when the door opens, now you can get, get the two aligned right now. The door is open. All right. How can how can we make this happen? So yeah. like that, that was such a powerful statement. Oh, All right. thank you. So and, and sometimes when you don't listen, not sometimes, yes. what happens when you don't <laughs> listen is the universe, God, source, whatever. Yeah. you believe in will correct you on your path and um, make it very obvious to you, hopefully, of what the misalignment is. Yes, so yeah. true. And sometimes it comes it comes at the worst possible times. Yes. You know, and, and, and that's what people have to understand that just how we, we don't know when our time to expire from from this earth is. Like you don't get the control when's the right time, mm -hmm. you know, when, right. when, it, when an opportunity falls in your lap, it's the right time, right? <laughs> like the opportunity is right here, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so that's when, when you just have to make things happen. Like I remember my, my, my ex, she won, we had, 
So I was coming off of an injury, I believe. We had five kids. You know, they were all a lot smaller then. And she wanted to go back to school to be to be a medical assistant. She just always had a thing for, for the medical field. And now I was pretty pretty new into the fitness thing. Like I dropped out of college, so like I didn't I didn't have like a business background or anything. So I was just scratching the surface with this, but it was growing. Even though I didn't know what the hell I was doing, it was growing. <laughs> so so she's like, I want to go back to school. I said, All right, so go sign up and we'll figure it out. And she's like, but how, but how how are we gonna do that? She's like, I'm gonna have to do homework, and I'm gonna have, I'm like go sign up. Like once you sign up, we will figure it out. Yeah. I said just like how I was competing in that track meet, and my knee broke, <laughs> and we figured out how to navigate with me on one leg. Right. <laughs> I, said, I said you sign up, get your books, get your schedule, and we will figure it out. You know, so here we got five little kids. They're in school. They're sports, and I'm still rehabbing my knee injury. I'm trying to man- manage the business, and I was working a part time job, but we figured it out. Of course, you know, and she ended up, you know, getting all the way through. She finished with honors. She had her graduation. Like, was it easy? No, but that was the time. You know, she was un- she was unfulfilled with her her other job. She had a passion for medical like she didn't want to do full-blown nursing school but she wanted to get her foot in the door so it's like all right just sign up like that that's the first step because then once you sign up you can start making the other steps to make it happen yes i feel this is what i tell people in fitness so like so we'll we'll make the shift to where to to where you switched uh, industries and and went there but when people come to me in fitness they're like rob i i I think i want to i want to run a 5k you know what what should I do? I said find one and sign up for it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the very first thing you you should do because now yeah. it's real. Now yeah. now you, now you have a date on the calendar. <laughs> you know that's the first step is to sign up for it. Yeah, and then your intention is behind you, and like the universe conspires to to push yep. you into that direction. Exactly. But you know, and I think if you were to like if you invite the mind to kind of map out all the things that could go wrong and the possibilities, as you said earlier, like the mind is, is so primitive and it's meant to keep you safe. So it, any kind of change or anything new is scary and uncomfortable. So if you listen to that mind, it's going to keep you exactly where you are to protect you. Um, But I, I also believe that this, um, success love speed you know if you mm. at, taking that step as you said with your wife signing up or your <laughs> your your clients signing up that um that shows the universe that you're in you you've yes. bought in you've bought in so true yeah yeah and it's 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 funny because people think that things are so much more difficult than they really are you know like people say how do you get up at 4:20 every morning I was like, you know what? Here's the secret. <laughs> when the alarm goes off, you shut it off, and then you get out of bed. It's that easy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can never do. I'm like, no, no, you really can. Yeah. You because if you don't get out of bed, then you fall back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how that works. So the alarm goes off. I I sit up. I grab my water bottle. I drunk. I, I chug about six, sixteen ounces of water, and they'll move around a bit, and then I get up. And then yeah. start to start start today. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's that easy. Yeah. It's like, it's like if you, <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if you can't do it, I said, you don't have a waking up problem. You have a going to bed problem. 
You know, because I'm, I'm, in, I'm in bed by 8, 830 every day. So when the alarm goes off at 420, it's a piece of cake. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and I could totally attest that the um, the anticipation of pain is worse than the pain itself. Right. When you yes. again, your mind clogs up so much. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, see, I see it in the gym constantly. Like this was just a, just a couple of days, days ago. We were doing a uh, farmer's carry and when one of the women come, comes over, she looks down at the waist. She goes, that, that's too heavy. I said, you didn't even attempt to pick it up off the floor. You know, I said, you just looked at it, looked at it, and defeated yourself. Right. And so she's like, okay, you're right, you're right. She goes over, pay, picks it up. She does it. She's like, okay, it wasn't as bad. I was like, <laughs> see? I was, I was like, but you defeated yourself, you know, the second the second you looked at it. Yeah. You know, that happens all the time. All right, so let's get back. Let's, let's get back to you. So when did you make the jump? to leave that industry and get into doing what you're doing now? Yeah. Um, so gosh, I was probably 13 years into being an independent advisor mm -hmm. and, um, being very imbalanced. So I guess the journey, I mean, it started before then, but what I realized was, you know, my health was uh, way out of whack. I had, um, I was starting every morning with a, you know, a jug of coffee and finishing every night with a gallon of wine to help me sleep, mm -hmm. um, burning the candle at both ends and being very, very much in go mode and stress mode and, you know, trying to be successful and generate um, a commission based income. Um, so every my whole priority was being successful in that industry and not, not only trying to but yeah, okay, surviving, but also trying mm -hmm. to thrive. Yeah. Um, so I I realized that, you know, I was carrying around a lot of excess weight and I thought, geez, maybe what I should do is start running. And <laughs> I smoked at the time and quite a bit, smoked cigarettes, like, I don't know, enough that it was, it was, a, it was a deal and I've done it for many years. So for me to run was like this crazy, impossible task. I couldn't run to the end of my driveway. Anyhow, I started running mm -hmm. and I realized that, um, I hated every moment of running. What I really loved about running was being done, actually, um, and <laughs> and and how it felt actually when you overcame your obstacles of your own mind and actually did the thing that you said you're going to do. So that that was a really cool experience. But what I realized was, you know, in my constant go mode, in my work, in my hustle mode, that running for me was just more of the same. It was like more go go go. I needed more slow. Yeah. So I enlisted in a yoga class, and then when I got into yoga, I was like, wow, this is. Um, this is quite spectacular and it really got me in tune with my my body yeah. and becoming more aware and that was the portal for me was yoga to become more conscious of my body what was going into it how i felt um having more downtime slow time calm and that was really the entrance way into into I, I was always interested in natural health and or what was considered back then alternative health, which is not an alternative at all. Um, <laughs> it's just natural, isn't it? Um, and from there, I, um, I started paying attention to the food that I was eating and nutrition. And what I was finding was everything was conflicting, like everything that I was reading, following one piece of information conflicted another. I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what's true. Like, okay, mm -hmm. so I'm just going to take a course. And I, I took a course. I signed up. Um, it's an independent private school here in Canada. It's a nutrition course and it's an accredited course. And I didn't think that I was going to go through the whole accreditation. I just thought for, for personal interest, for me to actually get the truth from mm -hmm. people that actually knew and professionals and it's unbiased, that's how I'm going to learn for me to balance myself. Okay. So that journey into 
uh, holistic nutrition studies, it was like, shit, like, why doesn't any, how come we don't know this stuff? How come I don't know any of this? Um, why is this not uh, taught? And uh, why isn't it this in the mainstream? So my journey into that was never intended to be a career. Again, it's kind of like the travel and you just, one thing leads you to the next. So yoga <laughs> to nutrition. And um, at the same time, I, um, I signed up for a yoga teacher training course. So I was still working full-time in finance, going to school part-time. And then I added one other layer. I signed up for a yoga teacher training course, again, for me just to understand more about yoga from my own perspective yeah. and like the history and the lineage and the, the principles and the spirituality part of it. Um, because once I kind of started going down that rabbit hole, it was very enticing. Um, so I took a yoga teacher training course, and that's really what was the catalyst for me to realize, you know, I'm so misaligned with what I'm doing in my life. And that prompted me to to leave my career, which then led to um, to changing my, uh, well, okay, so the career left my marriage and um, <laughs> completely swapped into, into natural health and wellness. Again, not intended to be, um, it was never intended to be a career. I thought yeah. what I would do was have a uh, retreat center, actually. I opened up an office on top of the yoga studio that I was trained at on the second floor. Yeah. And I thought this would be a really cool place to, um, to be the headquarters for, I'm going to host retreats around the world and talk about some new obviously do yoga, but talk about some nutrition and well-being things. And uh, that just kind of escalated into, I, I then had a naturopath doctor show up on my doorstep. She wanted to work with me and under my umbrella in the same, she knew the direction I was going and wanting like a retreat center. Mm. Um, then an osteopath came and worked with me. And um, from there, then I was like consulting people one-on-one -on -one with nutrition and again, was never meant to be that way. And here we are, and I'm still working... <laughs> I'd still love to do some more retreat kind of stuff, but you know, the current conditions of, of the world have um, have really kind of hampered that, but it's still in the back burner. So I've become um, a one-on-one -on -one coach um, from a nutrition perspective. And eventually what ended up happening in the beginning of years was I found that there was a lot of fundamentals that were the same that I kept repeating over and over and over again. And I thought, geez, wouldn't it be cool if I could get, you know, 10 or 12 or maybe 15 people in a room? And uh, I can say it once, <laughs> and we, you know, rather than me work with a client for six or 10 sessions, like have a group come for six weeks in a row. Um, so that's what I ended up doing. I started doing group programs and then um, more and more group pro programs. And I thought, geez, you know what? Every time, regardless of where I go, even going to companies and or having private group programs, I keep saying the same things like from a group perspective. And then I thought, geez, why don't I just record myself saying it? I'll put it online. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, then people can pay less and I can reach more people rather than me having to do, you know, six week sessions on um, invariably on a Tuesday night at seven o'clock, somebody's not going to be able to show up. They're going to miss, they miss a session. And so this was prior to, you know, the, I guess the acceptance of online courses. So I think it was back in 2014 or so I did create an online course, um, which was, it's been, it was a fantastic experience for me, like to encapsulate all the things that I think are important. Yeah. Um, and also the technical and creative side, which is really good for my artistic side. But, um, what I found with that was, um, I'm missing, I'm missing the human contact and the connection. So I, I have kind of honed my, my delivery. So that, I mean, there are still DIY options available, but it's really, I find the magic in, in true face-to-face -face connections. Um, you know, this is a, a great second alternative or a backup alternative uh, in communicating, uh, you know, virtually, yeah. but, um, 
I also find that there's really some beautiful magic. And I don't know if you've had this experience when you train people, but the collective energy of the group, um, because every group and like everyone brings their own personal energy to the group. Mm -hmm. And then the group has its own dynamic and its own dynamic energy. And for me, like I just love what expands and unfolds in those groups and how people learn and connect and collaborate with one another. I think there's, um, for me, it's tribute beauty and magic that happens in group settings, um, which, I mean, which I love. Yeah. Even just today I had a gentleman, I think it was his second class today. And on Fridays we do obstacle conditioning. So I have a 20 foot climbing route and, and I told him, I said, you know, there's no pressure for you to climb. You're only on your second day. I said, but I'm going to show you how to lock in. And so I showed him how to lock in. I said, now when you're ready to climb, you know, just went over the steps and he started going and started going. And then like everyone else in the gym stops and was cheering him on. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it's those moments that, that I love. Cause yeah. it's like, you know, even though they're in the middle of their own grind, like they, they stop, oh, this guy needs support, you know, yeah. and they'll, they'll stop and they'll give that support. And I had an idea about doing retreats as well. Cause I kinda, I kinda already do it anyway. Cause with my clients, we do a lot of things outside of the gym. Like we go on hikes, we uh, we do obstacle course races. So like we'll rent an Airbnb, everyone brings food. We, you know, we cook food, we do the activity, you know, then we come back and we play games and stuff. And so it's like, I, I kind of already do it anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> like it's like I just structure it, you know, more formally and, you know, charge whatever the going rates are for it. But then same thing, then 2020 happened. And then I kind of mm -hmm. just let that, let that go. And then I shifted to more. Well, I started the podcast like the same week that the gyms got shut down. So I oh, like, gotta, perfect. I was, I was like, I got, got to do something. Like, I'm not going to just sit here and cry about it. Yeah. So, good for you. and because I, I really like, I really like speaking. And although I do enjoy the virtual stuff, but like you were saying, I miss the human contact of like actually being on stage yeah. and delivering the message and at like truly, truly connecting with the audience because it's, I mean, I think I'm doing pretty well virtually, but live is just a whole different animal. It's a whole different level yeah. of energy. And it's the same thing with being in the gym versus doing virtual classes. Like, yes. I'm so glad that's, it's like, I, I still offer them, like if people travel and stuff, I'll let them zoom, zoom into the class or whatever, but I'm just mm -hmm. so glad that's past us. Yeah. And the resonance of like physical energy, I mean, it's palpable, right? You, I mean, we all have energy bodies and uh, frequencies that we emit. Um, yeah. And I think that um, that is muted. I think you can still probably get some through a screen, but that is definitely muted. Um, yes. And, you know, we're community. I think, I think we've all become to understand and realize and appreciate how, how much strength and power truly lies in, in a tribe or community or in support. Yes. Yeah. All right, so so it says that that you help you help women. What do you what are you finding are the biggest needs when people first come to you? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the dynamics of my um, my clients have changed as I've changed, and I think we 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 tend to attracting people like. Well, I'll speak for myself. I tend to attract people that are like me or like me, right? So, um, as I have aged, so too have my clients, and the issues that. Um, that they have has also morphed to basically what I've experienced and gone through. So that's why predominantly, I mean, even before I kind of changed my focus to women when I was in the natural health field, just consulting one-on-one, -on -one, that's who would find me though. 
women were the ones that wanted to do something about their health and their emotional state. Um, I think the biggest thing now, why women find me and the complaints that they have are um, fatigue. They're tired. They're sluggish. They're feeling lazy. Their uh, their mood is down. They have um, foggy kind of brain or focus or memory and um, weight gain, uh, stubborn weight gain that they just can't figure out. Um, so predominantly, the people that find me are usually around middle-aged women. Now I have, you know, there's, there's a span of that as well. There's, you know, women in their, in their thirties and even late twenties that find me, but predominantly um, I would say it's, um, it's fatigue, brain fog or mood and weight. So the biggest thing that I find, I mean, everything that you, that you're saying spot on, I hear all that stuff too. But for me, what it boils down to is that the, the women that come towards me are ones that have problems just prioritizing themselves, mm. you know, and which, which, <laughs> leads to, yeah. which leads to everything else. And they're like, well, I have to do this and I have kids and I have my husband and I have this, this job and I have this. And, and it's like, you know what? Said, but if you're not operating at 100% capacity, you're half-assing all of those areas. Yeah. So it's like, that's what you have to understand. You know, it, it, when, when you are fully present, when you are happy, when you are healthy, when you look in the mirror and you are just proud of what you see. And it's not all about the physical look, but but if you're proud of what you see and you're not dealing with that fatigue and all of that stuff. But now you're ready to take on the world. Now you can be a better wife. You can be a better mother. You can be a better friend and coworker, leader, you know, whatever your role is. But for some reason in this society, we, we think it's acceptable to just back burning yourself when you have kids, which in my mind, that's the stupidest mentality you can have because your kids are going to mimic your actions. Right. <laughs> Very that, true. That, that's how that happens. You know? yeah. So like my kids see me, see me tra traveling. They see me like, I still, I still compete in sports. I, like I'm, I'm in a, a volleyball league that's starting, starting tomorrow. I finished up two, two softball leagues in a volleyball league over the summer. I still compete in track and field. I still do obstacle course races. You know, they come on the course with, with me. My oldest daughter, she, she races with me, but it's like, but they see me having fun and doing the things that I enjoy. And that, that's what I want them to take away. Like, just because I'm getting older doesn't mean I sit in a rocking chair and just work and then wait, and then wait to die. It's like, yeah. that's not, that's not what life, life is about. So, and you're so leading by me, example. Yeah. Yes. And totally. they see me happy and healthy and not complaining, saying, what if I should have? Mm -hmm. Well, if I didn't have you guys, then I could. You, right. you know what I mean? So, like, what, once we let go of that mentality, now everything can just go the way they want it to go. Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I have to admit that um, in all of my, it's 11 years now that I've been in this industry and, you know, women have found me based on nutrition, but it's never about the food. Robert, it's never yeah. about the food. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty basic. We know what's good for us and what's not good for us. So <laughs> yeah. um, that's that's really where my focus has been. Of course, I'm supporting people from a nutrition perspective because that's, you know, what they think they need. Um, <laughs> and um, so we, we dive much deeper into emotional uh, mindsets, yeah. um, re, re, um, rewiring old patterns and habits and um, tendencies 
So my work, I'm not uh, qualified in, you know, psychotherapy or anything like that. And we, we certainly don't get down to that. But um, from a coaching perspective of, you know, um, stepping into the life that you desire, rather than dealing with old past hurt traumas, I'm not trying to dissect any of that, but yeah. really coaching women from a more holistic level, so mind, body, soul. And uh, yes, food is a part of it. And that's usually where we start, but uh, it goes so much, so much deeper. So now what, what do you feel about the correlation between babies crying and then the parents automatically giving them a bottle to, <laughs> right? It, 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 so, it sounds funny, but if you th think about it, they're being taught at that age that stress equals I'm going to eat. Yeah, true. You know? Yeah, so like, like I, I really think that's where this stress eating comes from. It goes mm. all the way back to that because sometimes like you don't re really know why the kid's crying. But you just right. sho shove a bottle in their face and they're quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, and it's so interesting in our society, like um, this is this is surfed, surfaced so so long ago for me, but you know, how we celebrate food and alcohol. Mm -hmm. How do we mourn if there's a problem emotionally? Like what is your go-to, what is your go-to um, comfort yeah. thing when you're going through a hard time? Food, right? And or alcohol. Um, it's a societal I think problem actually, and the relationship that we're having. And I, I think we're seeing some movements around that, you know, um, more and more people um, embracing sober life and not using alcohol um, and being proud of it. And now, you know, drinking has, you know, it's getting to the, the stage or it probably will, or it's going in that direction that drinking is like the old smoking. Um, mm. Yeah. So, I think, again, it's, you're right, it's rewiring. And I, I never thought about it right from the baby. I think, I think you're absolutely spot on. And how basic is that, right? From infancy. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah. And even, even with, with toddlers, you're in a store and the toddler's freak, freaking out and the mother op opens up a bag, you know, hands a kid a cracker or some, something to shut them up. And they're, they're equating that to, I'm going to get food. Right. You know, so now as you get older, because like you still have the same hormones and everything, you're just older now. <laughs> and so yeah. Now you get you get that feeling and you you calm the feeling with with, with food. But that's how it's been handled through your infancy and your your childhood. It's so funny, you know. Um, and I just wonder if there's a connection here. But I often use the analogy when I'm talking with my clients about these urges that um, you know most women that are my clients get is an urge for food. And the way that I describe it is like it's uh, your your mind is like an unattended uh, toddler having a temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. And um, if you try to, you know, get in an argument with that little toddler, it's only going to heighten and like create more chaos in that situation. Right. So the 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 little toddler that is being very demanding and wants the candy or the chips or the chocolate or whatever it is or the wine, um, you pacify it by giving it that item because that's what it's used to and that shuts it up um, and that's really what an urge is right it's um it's this desire that has been quieted by the reward right but what if <laughs> what if you were to uh ignore that crying or demanding toddler and not have that conversation and not get into it and not try to debate it and not try to resist it and just actually walk away um so i i wonder um as you're as you're talking, like, it's just, it's really very synergistic about you talking about how we pacify um, young children. And I, I do believe that's, yeah, I guess that's where we learn it.
Yeah, because there was one thing that I always did with with all all five of my kids. Like if they came in screaming and, and yelling, I'd be like, "Go in your room, calm yourself, and then when you're calm, we can talk." And it's like <laughs> nice. I, I, I would go go in the room and be like, "Are you calm yet?" They'd be like, "No." Okay. <laughs> all right, when, when you're ready, come out. We can talk. And then wow. finally, finally, they come out. Okay, Daddy, I'm calm. All, all right, what happened? And then we talk. So like, and now I'm the youngest of seven of seven kids. So I got to watch all my older siblings with their kids. <laughs> and so so I got I got to learn a lot. I was like, okay, so this, this one's got bad separation anxiety <laughs> because she lets the kids sleep in the bed with her. And, right. and I just started taking notes. And like none not one of my kids has ever spent spent the night in my room. Not wow. <laughs> well, and you know, I think you probably had some good practice too. You've got five kids of your own. So like yes. you're <laughs> you're just strengthening your uh your practices with yes. each one of them. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's there, there's definitely an art form to it. I'm not saying I'm God's gift, gift of parenting, but like my kids never had separation anxiety. And then even now, if, if I'm like, all right, guys, you know, we need to leave at whatever time, time o'clock. And it's like I come upstairs and they're, they're ready. You know, like they, they, they just know, like dad says we're leaving at 12, but leaving at 12. Right. You nice. Know? So, nice. So I just wanted to, to bring up that point because some of my clients will talk to me about food. And like, oh, well, I can't do that because my kids won't, won't eat it. I was like, then they don't eat. <laughs> so, like that, that was like, I don't go out of my way to make stuff that my kids don't like. Right. But if I make something, I was, I was like, okay. I said, well, eat it. And then I just won't make it again. I said, but we're not going to waste it. And, right. and like that's like, I as a parent, you have to set the standard. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, I kill, I'd say with the kids, it's probably 50-50. You know, it's like we'll, we'll leave super clean one day, and I'll be more lenient than that. Leave super clean the next, so you know, be more lenient, lenient than that. But they understand the balance. Nice. Like they they know that if we have pizza today, we're probably having chicken and salad tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so it's like it's like they they understand that. Like if if you want pancakes for breakfast, then we're not having Chinese food for dinner. That doesn't yeah. work that way. It's, it's like there's this balance here. So two of our meals have to be have to be mostly clean. One meal, we can do whatever. What a gift. Like, what a foundation. Imagine, I mean, I, I'm just imagining myself if I was, like, raised in under those fundamentals. Um, and to just give you that, I don't know, that point of reference, like, that baseline of, you know, there's not deprivation, but there's also not, like, extravagance and, and yeah. you know, going completely off the rails. I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah, like, and, and, and I, I tell my clients, like you just said, about de- deprivation, it's like, you you should not you should not be on something where you have to give up everything. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. we we are human. You know what I mean? Like I I like Chinese food. I like ice cream. I like potato chips. But when I want potato chips, I get a single a single serve bag. Mm-hmm. I don't get an entire bag because I'm human like everyone else, <laughs> and I will eat the entire bag. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like knowing who you are. Set yourself up. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if you know you like to munch in the evenings have grapes have carrots have cucumbers have celery with peanut butter like it doesn't have to be chips and cookies hey i've got a i've got a really great one if you're up for trying this like i'm a nutritionist right i'm a foodie yeah. i love to cook and i love to cook healthy but yeah. um one of the i don't know if your audience is into this kind of stuff but um between you and i <laughs> if they're not <laughs> um have you ever um baked 
leeks, like you cut them, you, you slice them in rings. So you just take a leek and then you, of course, wash them. Um, but then you just cut them horizontally into fine little strips. You can soak them after so that all the debris or dirt comes out and then dry them up. And then honestly, you just put them on a baking pan and uh, salt and some oil and you roast them or bake them so that they become crispy and dried out. You, you're going to have to turn them yeah. um, a couple of times. But honestly, I don't know if you remember like I might be dating myself here. The old hickory sticks that used to get in a bag. Do you remember those? They were like, li they were like little smoky flavored, like little, it was like a little match stick. It's a, anyhow. That, that, they, that rings a bell. Does it? Okay. Yeah, they were, um, these leek chips, I'll call them for lack of a better term, are honestly worth trying if you like something crunchy. So it's healthy and, and you're still getting some nutrients, but also satisfying the, the salt and the crunch factor. Mm, I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's and there's there's so many many ways out there, but the problem is most people are just too lazy to put the work in. True. Like, oh, I don't want to cook. I'd rather just have it done for me. It's like because we're in such a lazy, lazy society now. Yeah. Where it's like back when we were kids, you know, there, there were there wasn't all of these distractions all right. over the place between the Xbox and the and uh, the internet and the, the, the phones and the apps and everything else where it's like we were outside like all day making yeah. up making up stuff because th there wasn't all this stuff we'll be playing baseball with with with, with a stick and a rock you know yeah climbing trees and playing manhunt in the woods like we were just constantly outside we came we would come inside go to the bathroom wash hands eat back outside again you know, I think you raise a really good point there, too. And I think if we think back to our forefathers and generations before us, before, you know, convenience factors and industrial revolutions, um, what did what did most people do? They spent most of their time uh, getting food, right? That's yeah. They were in search and hunting and gathering for food and then preparing the food. Like most of their days were spent actually in, in the quest of, of feeding themselves and yeah. how little time we actually spend in our modern world doing that like what a shame uh for humanity for your health for the for the environment when we rely on you know chemical and processed foods that you know are pseudo foods that actually don't have any real nutrition nutritional content um but yeah i you know i think that's that's a really big um topic like how much time do people actually spend preparing gathering food it's you're right it's very minimal and for someone like me, it's it's hard because I love that aspect of it. I truly do. I don't want to be cooking every time I'm hungry. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know, like I'll batch cook and things. But um, I love what goes into the preparation of the food and particularly the cooking for other people and with other people and knowing what's in my food. So um, yes. it's a different mindset. And I get it, you know, when you're living a busy life. And I guess, you know, I don't know um, how you spend your money really dictates what your priorities are, right? Like, or where you spend your money. So mm -hmm. if it's on convenience, then maybe that's your priority. Yeah. It's like, we just have too much, too much convenience here. That's what it boils down to. Like I had several, several guests on the show in the past that have done missions trips to like the Philippines, to Malaysia, to Africa. And they, they were saying like, you can take the worst poverty that we have here in the States and it doesn't compare to these other countries, yeah. you know. And that's that's the stuff that that people that people need need to realize. Like, I'll go, I'll go shopping, 
And I always park at like the furthest possible spot from from the front door. That's just what just what I do. <laughs> yeah. And my kids are always like, "Why do you always park so far away?" I said, "Because we are blessed with the ability to walk. That's nice. why. That's yeah. why. That's the only reason why. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like because we are blessed with the ability to walk." You know, yeah. there's, there's no reason why we have to go right up on the door. Right. You know? And and it's those little steps that people can do that can make a huge difference in their health and fitness. Like, you know, don't take the escalator. Just walk up the stairs. That mm-hmm. extra little bit. Because going up the escalator doesn't really save you any time because you stop moving. <laughs> you know, so it's like yeah. if you just walk up the stairs and there's somebody next to you on, on, on an escalator, you guys get there at the exact same time. Yeah. You know, so it's not any or, faster. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, so like, my but kids- I, but I also think that's a bit of herd mentality, right? Like, you yeah. know, you just follow the herd because they're all taking, you just kind of get sucked up into the crowd and people are taking mm. the escalator, right? Mm. Versus actually standing out and, and being different. Yeah. I'm yeah. definitely, I'm definitely anti-herd. Oh, me too. I'm with you. I'm with you, yeah. Robert. Yeah. See, I love it too. My kids, well, when they're with me anyway, it's like, I, I don't know what, what they do when they're, when they're with their mom, but like, they don't even, they, they, they didn't even look at the elevators anymore. Like if we go to the mall, they, we go in, they go right to the stairs. Yeah. Like, like they just know. That's you know? good. That's great. And I, I love that you're setting a beautiful foundation for them. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, my my oldest son, he's he's questionable. He's 22. He's He still thinks he can eat, eat McDonald's every other day, and that's fine. I keep telling him, like, it's going to catch up to you. Yep. I, said, I said, you know, you know that, that fast metabolism you, that, that, that you keep saying you have? Like, I had that too. Yeah. You know, the one day I looked down, I had a gut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, so it's at some point, it's going to catch you. I said, that's all, that's all I'm going to tell you. Yeah. And, you know, like not even just aesthetically, like, you know, I think a lot of women obviously find me because of, you know, weight is a, is a big issue um, and hormone balance. But um, it's not even just the aesthetics of additional weight. Right. If when you're when your metabolism is off kilter, like you're running into all kinds of metabolic issues from cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes potential. Yes. Right. So, um so it's not just even how you look, it's the internal body. Like, what is it actually doing to that? True. That's true, because there are plenty of people who are, who are skinny that are very unhealthy. Yes. Very unhealthy. So we're, we're at our hour, but I want to ask you this first before, before, before we go and uh, you tell us where we can find you, is how, how, how often do you, do you speak about the women comparing themselves to other women? Hmm. I... I really focus on um, my client and their own internal landscape. That's really generally where my focus is. Um, And I think what I've seen from my experience is once women start feeling better about themselves, um, and oftentimes a big part of that is nutrition, right? Like, you know, we have, we have, um, enzymes and hormones in our body that regulate our metabolism right and the own like the enzymes are the spark plugs and the hormones are produced uh, by different organs in the body um, but how your metabolism is actually um, primed is by the food that you eat so once we can get people actually feeling better and feeling better in their body coming and showing up with more energy stepping into their their power and looking at themselves differently and and that's truly what happens from a nutrition and i'm sure you see it in your in your case too robert in your fitness training you know once people start feeling better they show up different they show up with more confidence yes and then and and from that stage like now 
like how you interact with people are different. You have different conversations, what you do, what you choose to do, who you choose to spend your time with changes. So it, it sounds like so, I don't know, like, it really is that true just by changing how you eat or how you move your body, but it does because you've, you've made this commitment and promise to yourself. So, and once you stay true to that, it just up levels your game. And it honestly, that's the catalyst of changing life and how you show up. So, um, I mean, I think to answer your question, I guess in some light regards, I do talk about comparison, but I, my focus is really on the internal landscape of the client and their own mindset and habituated patterns and how they see themselves in the world and how they show up. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I asked that just because, you know, being in a group, a group fit fitness class, I, I hear it a lot. It was like, Oh, you know, well, I can't, I can't lift as heavy as she can, or I can't run as fast as she can. And I was like, you're not competing against any of them. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you're yeah. competing against you. Like we are here. We're going to maximize you. And there's a, a, there's several trainers that that train out of the out of the place where I am, but this is what one guy. He's shorter and wider, like he's a power, power lifter, like his body's built for that. I'm long and lean, right? I said, see, I said, so you saying that is like me saying I want arms like Wayne. You know, it's like like I don't have you know tiny arms, but my arms would never. His arms are like <laughs> like like his shoulders are so wide. I was like, my body's not built for that. Yeah. It's like, I was like, does that make me any less than him? Is that the fact that I'm 6'2 and he's 5'8, does that make him any less than me? It's like, no. It's like, you get what you got and we're going to maximize what you have. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, so for her, she's built for strength. She's built for speed. Maybe you're just built to just get through the workout. It's like, it's like you, you don't have to be exceptional in any one area. Yeah. You know, like you just have to maximize you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the toughest lessons that that I teach with my gals is like that. Like, it's like, don't worry about anyone else. Just worry about you. Yeah, you know, I think I personally, I think I've seen that more in the yoga space from teaching yoga, yeah. um, where where women compare their ability to the person next to them or yes. their their, yes, their body shape or their progression. Um, but I think from my perspective, yoga has really um kind of rounded out those corners for everyone to really understand that they are as you said unique and um and kind of referring back to what you were saying when when people are skinny and you look at them and you don't know their state of health like how imbalanced they may be and yoga i think has taught me that more than anything like because someone looks like an able body i do not know the pain the torments yes. that they're they're struggling with internally or any physical imbalances or limitations that they may have because their body may not be communicating that to me visibly, vis- visibly, but they still may have that internal struggle. So I guess, you know, in the teachings of yoga, when um, I, I think it's become way more apparent there that individuality is really the the embracement of, of life, right? To really step into to authentically who you are. Um, and I guess that that's all of us, you know, I think that's all of our um, journey here. The journey is inward to really step into your true authentic self and uh, let yourself shine. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. So that's a great way, way to end right right there. So how, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, well, I guess you can email me. <laughs> that, or does that seem so old fashioned? Um, <laughs> Charlene with an S at pure 
naturalhealth.ca is a great way to reach me if you want to say that. Up. Say that again. You said that really fast. Oh, I'm sorry. Charlene with an S. So S H A R L E N E at pure, P U R E, naturalhealth.ca. Um, you can also find me online, uh, pure natural health. Um, .ca. Uh, Facebook, I'm under the same handle there. Although, you know, I have some presence there, but it's really not my platform of choice, but I, I do have presence there. On Instagram, you can find me at nutritionist underscore Charlene Styles. Um, I guess those are probably the main key places. If you wanted to pick up the phone and call me, I mean, that's cool too. Like I, I really love having conversations with people, <laughs> particularly <laughs> now. I don't know. I mean, it seems so old school, but I don't know. Maybe what's old is new again. I, I'm not sure, but if <laughs> yeah, people I, want to call, they can. <laughs> yeah, I know I put I put one of, I think, I know I put a couple of your links in the bio. Oh, thanks. Let me just make, make sure before I etch that in stone. Yeah, I have your, your Pure Natural Health link and your your Discovery Call link. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's nice. going to be right there in the bio. So, all right. So, this okay. was a great talk. Thank you for taking the time. It's my so, pleasure. It's so nice to meet you. I know I one of my um, – I uh, have a favorite human has the same name as you. I don't know what his middle initial is, but nice. Rob, Rob Foster, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah See, that, that's why I put I put the B in there because there's a lot of us. It, um, in Providence alone, I think there's 26 Robert Fosters. Oh man, you have, you have a common name, but I love the Robert B. Like you're being, you're being Robert, you know, being <laughs> exactly. Robert B. Foster. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, well, this was great talking to you. I'm um, probably in January. I'm going to be doing a panel around health because I I've had multiple people on the show who are in in the health space. If uh, you want to come come back and have a roundtable talk, about, I'd be uh, I would health. be honored, and I I would be totally up for that. Awesome. Good, good, good. So I'll, uh, Great. I'll get back to you once I have the, have the firm date. Sure. All right. Well, you have Sounds yourself a great, great day. Thanks to you too. Happy week ending. All right. Take care. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> All right. That was Charlene. So if you tuned in late and you haven't watched the entire thing, make sure you go back and watch the entire thing. And it's all about you making you feel better, think better, so you can be better. I will be back on Tuesday with another great guest. And all-star panel number three is next Thursday. I know this is the one for, for number two, but all-star panel for number three, we're going to be talking about having an attitude of gratitude. Perfect just before Thanksgiving. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.